0: Welcome to the Macomb Israel Teacher's Lounge podcast, where we connect students and listeners with Israel by discussing and exploring current events and relevant issues. I am your host, Michael Unterberg, here, as usually always, <laughs> Alan Goldman. How's it going, Alan? It's gone good, Mike. Welcome back from Poland. Uh, we'll probably later in the episode hear some of your thoughts about that, but we wanted to, A, hear your thoughts about the deal of the century and... Uh, and what that means for us a week in now that we've had a little more time to reflect and a little bit of news development of the cooling down of some of the, you know, sort of when the news was given last week that part of the Trump deal was that Israel has the right to annex territories, even though there's a four-year freeze and things like that. A lot of the things that people were jumping up and down about seem to have cooled down over the last week. Both from the um, Israeli side, but also more from the more, I would say, from the American side, that the Palestinians have the right to negotiate changes in the deal, that the Israelis can't annex so quickly. So, as sort of, I think we predicted, things were going to start to cool down. That the that the hot takes were a little too hot, and you had to sort of let things simmer down. So, what what are your takeaways, both from the past week, but also well, also from listening to my discussion with Benji?
1: Yeah, I thought, uh, first of all, kudos to you and Benji. I thought you did a really good job in, um, uh, uh, you know, um, talking about it and giving some structure and some some good insight. Uh, I think your insight in the end was really clearly where we are now and I think where it's going, which is it's just going to end up as one or more in a line of deals that were proposed by various diplomats, American and or otherwise, that will go to the dustbin of history and won't yeah. and won't and won't go out but the question is so but but what does it do for people living here and um how does it affect our lives
0: if it does um and what educational yeah points can we make what, what can we learn from it even yeah. if it doesn't actually change history what insights does it give us
1: yeah so, so first of all well there was one framing though i thought that it wasn't so uh i don't know what the word is uh, Midouyak, Do you have a more accurate Midouyak, uh, framing, uh, framing accurate. Uh, accurate framing. Let's say when Benji was talking about how we're we're kind of still in 48 reference framework, right? That the Palestinians are still fighting the Nakba, and we're still trying to fight for those things. And I, I think the truth is that w- that, and this is part of the, one one of the problems, is that that Israel's really more in a 67 framework, a post 67 mm-hmm. framework. And the Palestinians may be in that
0: 48 uh, is, framework, whereas... Israelis are you know, arguing about the aftermath of 67 yeah. and Palestinians are fighting the af- aftermath of 48. Yeah.
1: And that's part of how we are constantly not even talking the same languages. And you, you mentioned uh, when you talk about refugees, how we see the solving the refugee uh, issue, the Palestinian refugee issue or others, we're not even talking the same language. We're mm-hmm. not even... We don't even have the fr- same frame of references of what is a way to... Um, to come to some agreement. And I think that that is one of the big ones because Palestinians, at least those, when there was serious talk of a peace process and po- potential plan, mm-hmm. Palestinians always spoke about the green line, the 40, 48 boundaries, 48 boundaries. And Israel never spoke, Israel always talked about adjusted boundaries, even in the most, you know, the the largest mm-hmm. um, uh, offers, you could say, by Edelman or, or. Um, El Barak they never went back to the to the 48 boundaries because Israel sees that as as uh, very problematic and um also Israel always talked about even if it went to, to gave Moses' boundaries that 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 Jordan River corridor mm-hmm. would always be under at least some kind of Israel, Israel military security, presence. yeah.
0: So, whatever the sovereignty.
1: Right, exactly. So, I think that Israel's always really talking post 67 and how you solve this issue, and the Palestinians are always talking 48. Yeah, oh, I mean, I could a,
0: quibble. I mean, there were yeah. Palestinian negotiators, I would say, like, you know, at Taiba oh, okay. in 2001, who it certainly was acknowledged by many Palestinian negotiators that that. Exchange of territory made sense. That yeah, it, yeah, but but yeah. I'm saying the frame of reference is still 67. Yeah. Yeah. The 48
1: boundaries for Israel are not are are are, are not the frame. We're right? not that's going right? back
0: to the yeah. 48 boundaries, yeah. right?
1: So that, that I, I think that's one more just step in understanding the 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 lack of communication, not being on the same page with the Palestinians. If you want to constantly see, right the, the communication the, 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 dysfunction, yeah, that we just we talk in different languages. I don't and I don't mean that Arabic and Hebrew only, but no, yeah. Literally our, our, of narratives, our narratives Our narratives
0: cause yeah. us to frame things so differently that when right. we talk we think we're talking about the same thing, but we're not.
1: Right. And the other thing I think that needs to be brought up in this whole discussion is the Gaza withdrawal in two thousand and five. Mm-hmm. That that is a uh, you know in a sense of unilateralism, right? Mm-hmm. The fact that Israel made a unilateral
0: move and pulling out of Gaza. And I think we could and, argue the failure of unilateralism right. like, it created a vacuum that led to chaos, right? which is obviously bad for Israel having rockets, but also bad for- For Palestinians. Yeah. Because I mean, we see the difference between the West Bank and Gaza in terms Economically, of- Economically, economic, socially. Employment, everything. The um, stability of life for Arabs in the West Bank is high, high, much, right. much higher than- and as you guys
1: noticeably pointed out, that this the this um, deal of the century. I
0: don't even know why we were even falling into that, you know, promo. Uh, I, I was just using the term. No, because I know. That's Obviously, what that's yeah. what they call it. But, but also, the, I can't but this, speak with that kind of. I can't put. That's that's a lot of mustard you put on that sarcastic spin of how <laughs> you said it. That was cool. Yeah. I heard you. I heard your face grimace as you said <laughs> it, but that this plan is clearly smacks of Israeli unilateralism, mm-hmm. um, and 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 so and we have to see that. I would like, argue it threatens it. Yeah, you know, after four years, if you guys don't come to the table, Palestinians, then Israel's just going to annex this unilaterally, including the Jordan Valley, and and highways through your country. Your your country going to be a yeah. Swiss cheese of Israeli roads running through you and that's just what's going to be. Yeah,
1: and that's and that and that, that really doesn't work. Nope. Unilateralism doesn't work. It really adds, it it sends us down a worse avenue. And I think the Palestinians are banking on that.
0: Do they know that even Israel sees that in many ways? Well, the pa- again, uh, yeah, I, I do think they're gambling that all of these strategies won't work if we dig in our heels and don't play ball. Right. And at the end that means time is on our side. And we will win. So, whatever solutions they suggest, whether they're more to our benefit or less to our benefit, we will not play ball. Right. Um,
1: so that you know, and those. So we have to uh, see that you know. Again, it, as it goes to the dustbin. On the other hand, how how is it affecting those of us on the ground here? Because it actually does. It, it potentially affect our lives. Whether oh sure. Um, you know whether just oh this even the John Kerry plan and even the Bush plan. We were like yeah. It's not going to go anywhere. We could see that even then, I think, most people. Well, and, it's, it's and a funny thing, question because
0: but... it's not pragmatic. But what makes – I mean, the, the 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 colonial hubris of even a superpower thinking, hey, everybody do what we say and it will make everything better for you yeah. without, without deep consultation. In other words – And clear lack of –
1: knowledge of yeah. the of the of the region even though you say they oh, went through their Jared thing. said he read 25 Five books yeah i mean they went through all these things but it, there's no way that you ever like that you can't come up with a plan like this and say like you understand the palestinians i'm sorry it, no it, it, it just it,
0: that does not reflect a deep understanding it's ludicrous
1: even um, the language yeah yeah
0: um
1: it's ludicrous so uh, yeah it's it, it's hubris it's uh i mean i think they have to i, I don't know I, i'm not I'm not a politician like that, so it's hard to understand what goes through a person's mind. But by the way, even
0: historically, you know, uh, Jimmy Carter was able to be helpful to Sadat and Begin in making a peace deal because Sadat initiated the conversation, Begin jumped on it, and together they formed something. And then Carter jumped in and helped them negotiate it. But the initiative was was also forced
1: them in the room together. Kilo. The the deal. Whenever the deal was falling apart, right. The only thing that saved it was the face to face of the two leaders, right. not and then the different teams. Right. It, it wasn't
0: someone come from the outside saying this is how you're going to solve it. Correct. You when the, when the leaders want it to happen internally, it, it, there's a chance doesn't won't yeah. necessarily work. Correct. But it's got a shot. When somebody from the outside says, "Here's what we say is the solution." By the way, that was Oslo also. The po- Americans only came in
1: after, that's the, correct. after the Palestinians well, I that's and, it... and, and Israelis had direct, negotiated face-to-face. They were only getting a stamp of approval by a superpower. Not correct.
0: A... Oh, and, I, and I do think that there was, in Israel, genuine optimism that Oslo could work by many Israelis. Yeah, sure. I think in real time, I didn't have that optimism. I did. And you did. I, I did. I simply didn't trust Yasser Arafat's motivation I didn't think was actually to have two nations living side by side yeah. in two states. I just didn't believe him. Yes, So I didn't think it would work.
1: Right. And, you know... Uh, and, and,
0: you know, from a Western perspective, it makes so much sense that it's hard... It's 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 hard for many people to understand Palestinian intransigence from a Western perspective. And so they just can't believe the Palestinians are really doing what they're doing. And so they do things... Well, you know, Kushner in multiple interviews has said... Uh, well, you know, they're going to miss an opportunity here. Right. They, But that's not how they think of it. So, well, they
1: don't see it as an opportunity.
0: They see it as a failure. Yeah. They see it as stepping into a bear trap yeah. that'll yeah. keep them frozen and not be able to move. Why would I put my foot in a bear trap? Right. How can I convince them that it's not a bear trap? So That's, I, that's an interesting diplomatic challenge right. that the deal of century doesn't begin to address. How can I convince them that, no, no, this isn't a bear trap. this is your freedom. We can get you out in the open and have a full you know healthy society that's you can have a country that's bigger bigger than Singapore with more economic opportunity and you could all you have to do is acknowledge that the Jews are an indigenous people with a place in the Middle East and the right to statehood as your neighbors. I don't know I don't know <laughs> I, I don't know. nobody's addressing that problem right. I mean, uh, both from Palestinian leaders and the street. Look, that was that
1: was the basis of Oslo that there was mutual recognition. So it's funny. It's funny because the
0: mutual, yeah, you know, the mutual recognition of Oslo said that Israel has a right to exist. Yeah, and it didn't clarify as a Jewish state for the Jewish nation. And because of that, when Arafat said, "I acknowledge Israel exists and even has a right to exist," but Part of what he meant by demanding the right of return, as in other words, if millions of of Arabs should be citizens of that, there should be, it should be a state that has leaders voted democratically, and that state should have more Arabs than Jews. And that's why I was talking about before. Where we just don't speak. We don't have the same frame We're of reference. We're not speaking, speaking the same, same languages. And that's we how... said Israel. We meant as a Jewish state, and they said Israel right. as a as a primarily Arab state right. with Jews living in
1: it. So if, and if you look today, I think that and this is it does find expression itself in in today in the reaction of people on the street. So first of all, I don't I I feel again predictions as mm-hmm. as you you know Lule de Mistafina, right. If yeah. I should uh, you know be uh, uh, so humble to make a prediction, but um,
0: I, I don't think within this the is realm gonna, of humble predictions. Yeah,
1: I don't think this is gonna and it's cause any mass protest or violence or anything like that. I, I think uh, you're
0: already seeing the cooling off of yeah, the, that's what but you're seeing I'll, in but, the but
1: I'll tell you, but I think it's a deeper thing going on and, and that's why it was, and it wasn't going, even if, it, even if the sides weren't well, not actually right away. And it's not because for, for if you see both intifadas happen, there's kind of, you need two paradoxical things. One is sort of a sense of hopelessness, mm-hmm. but that, that hopelessness, that our actions can actually change something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that Palestinians are at the point where they don't think that their actions for the most part in mass mm-hmm. can really change anything. And that's why you had this kind of stabbing in Tavada, because it was individuals who just were hopeless and almost and just suicidal, as opposed to a framework that was really having a mass protest, either grassroots or even a, a more organized. And you don't have that now. And I think that because a lot of Palestinians, they saw this in the paper over over the over the weekend, the Shabbat paper. Which is one of the reactions is a reaction we've felt on the ground, the Palestinian speakers that we've brought into the class and people that we've interacted with, is that, you know, give me citizenship. I want Mm -hmm. citizenship and that's how we'll get equality here. And then eventually we will either be the majority or not. But but I'd rather be a citizen now of one state than having two states because the two-state solution is gone. Mm-hmm. And I think that they – so to them to say for, you know, looking in the news, well, this is killing the two-state solution. Many Palestinians already have thought that the two-state solution is over.
0: And there's a growing so, minority in favor of a one-state solution. Yeah.
1: And so give me citizenship in Israel. I'll use my, my democratic rights and I'll make my life better. And, you know, inshallah, God willing, you know, we'll have a majority. And that's back to this, yes, Israel's a right to exist – but as a binational state, yeah, not as a Jewish state. I yeah. think you see. I, I, I think that, that I don't know a, that
0: the Jewish major. I don't know that the Jewish minority of Israelis who think that's a good idea is growing. I haven't seen any evidence of that. No, but there is polling evidence that is catching. Yeah, certainly among younger Palestinians. Among younger Palestinians, it's polling around thirty percent. Yeah, that's um, that's a sizable minority. Yeah.
1: and we've also seen articles that in the last couple of years. A, a huge um, amount uh, jump. I forget what the percentage is. A huge jump in percentage of Palestinians living in Jerusalem who have gotten Israeli citizenship. Mm-hmm. Um, so that 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 is a trend that is definitely um, you feel uh, in in some voices in Palestinians. So. Yeah,
0: and and uh, there is a sense among among many Israelis that Israeli leaders aren't taking steps that that the. That the enfranchisement of the Arabs of the West Bank is a threat to Zionism, because if Zion is, is if Israel is a Jewish democracy, then adding two and a half million Arabs to the role would would threaten the Jewish majority. Right. And and what are we doing to to prevent that? Yeah. And, and Israelis don't agree, and leaders don't seem to be taking steps to. Right. And I mean, I I'd still I, I, the question
1: you asked this other question, and this I think falls into it. So why why now? Mm-hmm. So the, I think that if, certainly in the last the last election, a couple months ago. The Palestinian issue. People aren't voting on the Palestinian nope. issue, so the question is: Is Netanyahu trying to put that forefront in the elections and 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 get away from the religion and state issues and his own personal issues to
0: to I make a it focus of back on the Palestinian? The, the, all the talk is about the deal of the century, right. and right. nobody's talking about the fact that we have an election in a month, right? Which is crazy—a month before the election—and yeah. we're barely talking about it as Correct. a society. Correct.
1: So, so I think that that is a big that was that was certainly part of this spin to renounce it now before. The election was to help Netanyahu to make it to talk about the Palestinians. As in, was getting Naamah right. back
0: from Russia. Correct. As is because as is the cool photo op of him appearing in Uganda of Yoni Netanyahu's yeah. brother being greeted by an honor guard by the descendant of Idi Amin. Yeah. You know from you know in Entebbe like it's a yeah he's playing he he's he's good at this <laughs> although he blew the indictment yeah game and now he's actually indicted
1: well, Yeah, I don't know if he blew the game. He just you know he was you know. He was defeated in
0: that round. He was
1: defeated in that round. He does. He's had a lot of losses over the years. Yeah, like, you know, can't always win. Yeah. So, um, but uh, so that, that those are my kind of thoughts after listening to the podcast from last week, and also uh, the, and we to dabble a little bit
0: in the reading. Yeah, um, I think you and I sort of disagree on whether you could make an argument that the Palestinians should take it. Like, I,
1: I, 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 I yeah, I, we totally just. I mean, I, I, I just don't see why they would. First of all, they were offered many better things and they turned it down. Uh, you know, they they didn't go into negotiations. Second of all, like from from their perspective, let's wait a year. Trump will be out. Maybe Trump will be out. Maybe not. Like you know, maybe the dog will die. Like right. why 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 would they even make an approach? Like what are so they, would what make, would they get out of this? I would
0: argue that I think if I were a Palestinian politician that you engage into and and build that that to just disengage from the process gives your people a sense of despair but to say that let's work on it and see what we can build out of it let's see how we can direct it and i, I think that's as leadership i think that's educationally important to teach the people <laughs> yeah. that you're supposed to be building not
1: okay you're talking like a westerner correct a westerner and again, i think so... i
0: think and, I, and and you have palestinians who think like that yeah and argue right. that and i think those should be the leaders like I, I really do i don't think the fact that you could make a better future that isn't betting all your chips on the all-or-nothing win. Uh,
1: yeah, but I would say that this deal, this deal is so ridiculous. Why would you engage in this? In other words, I, I would agree with you with the Omar plan. I would agree with you with Barack. But this this is I, so ridiculous. I would ridiculous say I invite Bibi that, uh, Netanyahu
0: to our office in Ramallah, and we'll talk about how to get this closer to the Omar plan, and then we'll talk.
1: Yeah. Uh, 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 why, why? I mean, Bibi is not necessarily showing himself as interested
0: in anything be, more be than He invited Abbas to the Knesset and he invited himself to Ramalos. Take him up on it. I guess part of what I'm saying is- I, I think it should to be realistic. Okay. It, it has to be realistic. But I do see it. value in the Western perspective. And I think that the Palestinians playing against that in the in the big world today is folly, in other words, I get what they're thinking. I get why they're thinking it as much as I can as a non-Palestinian, and I realize I don't really get it. I just my efforts to get it have yielded I think a certain amount of success. And I think ultimately that that they are what they're doing is self-destructive. I don't think in the long run.
1: Yeah, we don't disagree with that. I'm just talking about this plan in particular. I would see no reason, right? The, everything that the Trump has Trump administration has made so little effort towards right. the Palestinians. So why would they? I mean, there there is a time when you have to draw your line. And I was say- like,
0: Because part of that it takes two to tango. In other words, the Trump said earlier on when they've made these efforts at inroads and they were rebuffed. So they're like, okay, why do we need to play games with you? You're idiots. So they need to be yeah. they need to be playing a similar game to BB, which is, no, I embrace this full throated. But it has to be, you know, the devil's in the details and let's make this work. I think the constant petulant no, no, no! A thousand times no is losing them patience in the Arab world. It's losing them patience everywhere. I, I think, in other words, even according to their theory, I think they're strategically being dumb, and certainly in a broader sense of how the world actually works, I think they're being dumb. But that's we're we're disagreeing. I mean, that's we're
1: cubbling over degrees, not over. Correct. The, we're disagreeing the main,
0: in the world of hypothetical, and I, yeah. and I think every time you're talking about the two-state solution, you're only talking in the hypothetical. Because practically it's irrelevant. So whatever plan and nuance of plan and better plan. The Palestinians clearly are not interested. And so we have to plan. Now, since it's practically impossible, all the energy being spent on how to make the best two-state solution is imaginary academic fantasy. Okay. So at a certain point... And that's and that's interesting and worth playing for various reasons. But at a certain point, you have to say, okay, since it will not happen, now what do we do? How do we protect a Jewish democratic majority in Israel in the full meaning of Jewish and the full meaning of democratic and the full meaning of the land of Israel? How, how do we how do we maximize our possibilities? And I and I think and, honest, and secure and secure because
1: that you know that's that, that's what I would argue here about right the... four
0: HQs <laughs> Liot Am <Amkhoshif>, bertzeno <laughs> okay. to be- Free people in our land, to the full extent of however however you answer those questions, that has to be the conversation beyond uh, the two state solution. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, in, in the few minutes we have left, I wanted to know if you were you were at a a pretty overwhelming experience in Poland this year. Can you describe basically what you did, what your job was? Um. So. Yeah, I was in. Um,
1: it's very. It was very overwhelming. Yeah, I've been going to Poland now for 20 years, leading uh, educational heritage and Jewish, you know, Jewish yeah, this heritage, is very different uh, experiences that include obviously the thousand years of Jewish Jewish life and civilization in in Poland, and obviously its tragic, you know, demise in the in the years of the Holocaust. But this was an exceptional experience um, to have in all these years, where. Um, on January 27th uh, in 1945, the Russians came into Auschwitz, um, the town of Auschwitz, of which is the Polish name. And conquered uh, the area and and more or less took over Auschwitz. I'm using these words, particularly if we get into the narratives. And uh, much in the world calls it liberated. That's a right. Well, you're uh, speaking
0: with an educator's accuracy, yeah. not with the yeah, politically I, debatable. Which, if we
1: get into, and uh, I'll talk
0: more a little bit more about Russians that. How can Russians liberate a Polish? Right.
1: They, right. It was all, all kinds of things. And it goes into part of the overwhelming part of all this is these three pronged narrative fight that's going on mm-hmm. between Israel, Poland, and Russia. Um, but, uh, so every five years, the, the museum of Auschwitz-Birkenau that's there to, to teach and be, remember about the, um, about, uh, what happened in the Holocaust in particularly Auschwitz-Birkenau. So every five years they do a very big, um, ceremony, state ceremony mm-hmm. where heads of state go, like more than 50 state delegations come. There's over 3000 people. I, you can never get accurate numbers. 3,000, 4,000 people, I don't know. Um, and they build a, this huge tent so that people aren't freezing.
0: Um, I mean, and here in Afghans Israel, we're very Soviet. focused on the major Israel with all these heads of state exactly. and what that meant diplomatically from Israel. But you were at the Auschwitz, museum, so at in, out, the site of Auschwitz-Birkenau. Yeah, so
1: this was in the site of Auschwitz-Birkenau. and um, In Birkenau? In, in Birkenau, outside yeah. the gates of Birkenau. And the amazing, amazing thing um, was that uh, Ambassador Ronald Lauder uh, who is the president of the World Jewish Congress? And he's also the chair of the Auschwitz Birkenau Memorial Foundation. Um, realizing that this is going to be the last chance to bring a significant amount of Auschwitz survivors uh, to the ceremony because another five years, you know, we're talking, you know, mo- mo- most survivors are in the late 80s, early 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, they won't really be able to come. So, put as a goal to bring 120 survivors from around the world. And we got over 100 survivors. So um, the Auschwitz-Birkenau Memorial Foundation turned to J Roots, another organization I work with and involved in that runs um, uh, meaningful travel educational programs around the world, and particularly in Poland, um, to run the survivor delegation. So the survivor delegation then made up of 120 or so survivors They're a companion, each one a companion to help them, Mm -hmm. all paid for by the Auschwitz-Birkenau Memorial Foundation, amazingly. Mm -hmm. Um, And then family members who wanted to join. So it's a a delegation of over 300 people. Mm -hmm. My job was running the delegation, the logistics, um, on the logistics education, you know, running, overseeing all the the delegation. Um, And uh, it was ran from, there's basically... It was sort of started on Friday before uh, with a smaller group and then ended on the Wednesday after, so on the 30th for the whole delegation. And it was just overwhelming to be—look, I've—doing this all these years, I've met a lot of survivors. I've talked to a lot of survivors. I've even traveled through Poland with, you know, I would say a good amount of survivors. But there's Mm -hmm. nothing like being with over 100 survivors Mm. and their family members. And uh, many, many of them have never been back. Usually people I go with have been back— because mm-hmm. they, they, they've they done it more than once, you know. These are survivors um, of the house of Auschwitz. Auschwitz. No, we're talking only mm-hmm. of survivors of Auschwitz Birkenau. Um, and it was really, uh, many of them, they all just want to tell their stories. You know, that's why they're there. A lot of them, a lot of them spoke about coming there for the last time or only time after the war for closure. Mm hmm. And they were spilling, you know, spilling their stories out, and their families were hearing things that they not, didn't necessarily hear before, or they've heard before, but in a very different, mm-hmm. very different tone. The oldest delegate was a hundred years old, um, and he came with his wife, who's ninety-five. Wow! From they're from Memphis, um, and they came with uh, also two two daughters, um, and the the youngest delegate was seventy-five. So that, that, yeah, you just had that they curious were born, look. They were born. She was born in Auschwitz. Wow. A, a month before liberation, you said wow. It's like a liberation. Wow. Uh, yeah, in December, and amazingly, her mother was able to to nurse her and keep her alive. And
0: there was another boy born, uh, who her mother the, was
1: able to nurse also.
0: Oh my God! Keep alive, yeah. And the mother Incredible. conceived.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, she conceived before they got there.
0: Oh, she was one of the, She was a recent.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I don't remember exactly when how it went exactly, but because uh-huh. uh, her father was murdered in, uh, in I guess Auschwitz a thing, and they to took the, the place, mother to labor camp, which yeah, is a weird... the labor they didn't know the mother was pregnant, and then she hit her, and uh, wow. and then she managed to keep her alive for a month. So the youngest was seventy-five, and the oldest was a hundred, um, and then of course all the years spanning in between, because you other kids were there, and yeah, pretty incredible. Um, pretty incredible stories and experiences, and coming from all over the world—people, literally all over the world.
0: I think you know. Um, as a, as a, as was it weird to be more in a background rather than a a leader who's speaking all the time as more of a listener when you're? At... Yeah.
1: So so first of all, it, it, for me personally, I wasn't in the role of sort of educator there. So that right. was already. So I'm going tonight as <laughs> back in my regular role as educator. So I'm very excited for because it I was like getting spiel. You have a to, lot to yeah. to be, but. Um, part of our, part of our challenge was to, it's not a regular journey, Massa, right? So the part of the challenge is how do you, how do you enable these families to have these meaningful experience and people to speak? You know, usually you have a survivor, if you have a survivor who goes with you on a trip, right? So you'll walk down, you'll ask him to, or her to speak mm-hmm. their story at different places. Well, how do you do that walking through Birkenau with five or seven survivors? Right. And everyone was told their own stories. So we tried to break a framework that, that they could share with their, their, their children there and their families. Um, and Bo Hashem, they got a lot of positive feedback that it was successful, that lots of people. Um, was there any, uh, what, what, what was done to record? Oh, there's tons of recording. So you can go on, first of all, you can go, go on the Preserve Auschwitz um website that they built for this which is stories of lots of the survivors and there's lots of videos um there was lots of media there's tons of media you could, if you if you google or go on the youtube Auschwitz 75 you'll find tons of media it was like a, it was a media zoo i mean i've never had that either big you deal know, mm-hmm. you know that in my life, but uh, there's lots. All, all the major
0: outlets were there. Maybe the send recording. me at least one clip that you would want me to link to okay. the episode. Um, and let me ask you this, because it's an Israel podcast. Yeah. What does What does this role as a educator of Jewish heritage in in the diaspora play in your role as a Zionist educator?
1: Um, wow, well, good question. No, that's uh, I should have thought about that before. You should, <laughs> right? Well, look, it's um, our whole experience. Um, in the diaspora has shaped who we are as a people today, right? We can't, and the early years of cer- certain Zionist um, uh, movements or groups wanted to almost wipe
0: out the diaspora. There was an impulse uh, and, and it was in an early impulse, Zionism it was called to...
1: Yeah, it was called like negation of the diaspora or shlilatagola, right? To, and that's why you find in Zionism such a huge emphasis on the Bible mm-hmm. and, and, by the way, archaeology. Well, you had Zionists who said we should we should be we become the Canaanites, like even right, right, yeah. right. Uh, uh Break off of the Jabotinsky. were yeah. were wanted to call call themselves Canaanites. Yeah. So that was a. There's a
0: sculpture in the Israel Museum. The yeah, Canaanite. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: So uh, I think that that is uh, that's not my approach to identity building or who we are. Mm-hmm. You have to take the whole picture, and the whole picture is is that we are very. Much connected to our experience we went through. And I also tell my students in, when I'm there that, you know, wow, I feel so American. You know, sports, I'm more focused on America. Music, actually, more like American music. I dress like an American. I've been in Israel 30 years, but I still have such cultural and references and frameworks. And part of my identity is American. Mm-hmm. My family was in Poland for hundreds of years. I don't mm-hmm. know exactly how many, but I you know for hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. So, how has that affected my identity? Right, it has really shaped who we are, and much of who we are, and that is very important. It's important to embrace that part of our identities. I think uh, um, knowing that our home is in Israel, knowing that our home is in Israel, that's why I am a big believer. People like, uh, have, you know, we have this this big this big uh, uh, thing about keeping um, niyot over Pesach. You know, should Ashkenazim not eat legumes? Should they eat legumes? I'm a big believer in, in not eating legumes. I'm not into the – like, I do believe that – And you're a vegetarian. A nation. I'm a vegetarian. Yeah. That Yes, we are one nation. We should come home. But we should also bring being embracing our cultural differences. You know, I, I really am a believer this multiculturalism. And mm-hmm. there's, there's a multiculturalism in Jews. I would, I would hate – I hate to see Yemenites losing their cultural identity. And mm-hmm. I don't want to lose my Ashkenazi identity. But that doesn't mean I, I, that, that that is a exclusive. It's, it's, it's part of what makes me. But it's also part of bringing it together as a Jewish people.
0: And how does the right? destruction part of it –
1: so the destruction part is something you as a Zionist, that yeah that, that we have educated. to that we have to also confront those parts of our history which are which are which are very um, difficult, and we have to also uh, confront the idea of what it means to be another, and how and being an other in a place that you don't have a place that is that is yours that gives you a sense of, of who you are an uh, 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 identity and a physical. Safety mm-hmm. Those things come together, um, and I think that that is also very important that we see around the world today. you know uh, many other places, other people are being seen as other, and what that affects, and that that's, that is a very dangerous thing, whether it be for jews or for for any other peoples um, who who
0: don't have their uh, their own identities as a as a nation It's different if you have your own identity, then you can inter, you can relate but to right. be an other within. It's yeah. very different a- and right. and right and the society seeing you as other and we see that a lot in
1: in many different places even in the western world um it can happen and that 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 can
0: lead to a lot of danger um so it's uh, all it's all it's all one big story it's all one yeah. big picture and it's just a question of where you zoom yeah. in and where you zoom out somehow the web you know, you can start at any place in the web and it all interconnects to this yeah you know, boy well, am i mixing metaphors but to this tapestry right. of you know
1: Look, I mean, and it does mean. It. Look, we as I say, like in Poland, Jews wouldn't have stayed in Poland for a thousand years if it wasn't if there weren't good times. Mm-hmm. So people always say to me, "Oh, but well, Poland was awful, and why did they go?" No, we, we if we hadn't, right. like you can't paint it with one black <laughs> right. thing because then we wouldn't have stayed. We left right. pa- places that were all bad. We left, and that's what happens. Unfortunately, it does turn all bad. Um, uh, and, and
0: you know, well, when Jews think of a- Jewish for- community in Spain, they usually think of it, you know, as the expulsion or the Inquisition, right. without realizing. That the golden age is one of the most creative, prosperous right. periods of time.
1: exactly. Um, so those that, that's sort of on a personal level. There's on a I don't think we have time for it, but on this this level of the narratives that are being uh, fought by by the governments is a, also an extremely
0: interesting topic that maybe we'll get right. to that's another time. That's a whole other topic, right? About the, know, how how um, how Poland and Russia and yeah all these countries are battling over how their story should be told. Yeah. Although I, I don't I don't I don't know that Germany's does Germany have a dog in that fight pretty no, much? Not, not much. really. No. They're like, leave us out, we we get it.
1: Because Germany after the war, Germany was forced to at least West Germany was forced to come to terms with it mm-hmm. in their society. And they really did. I mean, again, you have different Right things. But, how that boiled down to the but, street level is different yeah. than how the government handled it. Exactly. But, right. but 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 you know, in the big picture, they they dealt with their role in
0: the in World War II. Adenauer's government had to address yeah. it. Yeah.
1: Anyway, but uh, just going back to the to the survivors, really, some really, uh, everyone it was amazing, amazing stories of, uh, of yeah, I mean, survival survival, rebuilding again, we can't, like are rebuilding after me. They the videos
0: uh, you sent me. Oh, uh, uh, and when I encounter these things, I always think like, "What gives me the right to be in a in the same nation yeah. and, uh, as those people who are like, Yeah like you just feel like small, but also so appreciative that you get to be part of a people with that kind of it's definitely inner humbling. beauty, like strength, and it's just uh, yeah, we're lucky people yeah. as whatever we go through, but we are us, and we have we have our. We, we we should never forget to celebrate the 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 embarrassment of riches it is to be part of this nation. Yeah. Yeah. So, thank, thank you. God. Thank, thank God. you. Good to have you back. Yes. I know. You know. I, don't, I never begrudge you those. Uh... Uh, only back for a, few, a little while. Okay. We'll take what we can get. <laughs> uh, but thank you uh, so much. Thank you, Ben, for engineering us to the end of the episode, which this is. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to the Macomb Israel Teachers Lounge podcast. Don't forget to share, subscribe, rate, and review. Join us next time.